Welcome to the Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today we are talking about Luke chapter 18, and my guest is back again. He was here for an earlier chapter. My guest today is Neil Stavum. He is the station manager for Faith Radio, and we all love him around here, and I'm so grateful he's back. <laughs> Welcome back, Neil. Thank you, and like I always used to say, uh, you read that just like I wrote it up yeah. for you. So anyway. <laughs> you can pay me later. <laughs> sure. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll work out the details soon. So yeah, well, this is a good chapter. Looking forward to the conversation on it. It is. I, I really, I mean, it's just been really a privilege to be able to study the gospel of Luke and um, for that to be part of my job, but then to be able yeah. to, you know, present it to other people and that we're all reading it Together, people from all over are reading it together. Which is truly phenomenal. Yeah. So uh, thank you for committing to uh, reading the gospel with us. And, you know, anytime we get into God's word, it's it gets into us. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Mm, I like that. When we get into it, it gets into us. Yeah. That's good. So let's just start at the top. I, uh, I just put as a heading for this. Uh, so uh, Luke chapter 18 starts out with the parable of the persistent widow and it ends with the blind beggar receiving his sight. And and there's the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector in the middle and then the uh, the rich ruler. And I just highlighted this as, you know, this is a chapter that talks about how we pray and what we say. Mm-hmm. And I think last time we were having a conversation, talked about the importance of mercy and how uh, that theme runs throughout Luke's gospel so much. And, and we see that. You know, throughout this chapter as well, that there is, there are cries for you know, Lord have mercy, persistent and, cries. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and we we were just chatting about that just before we started the conversation. That the the beginning and the end of the chapter, and really all the way through, there's persistence running through it, which I think is an interesting characteristic. Because particularly, you know, when you look at the parable of the persistent widow, it's about this you know judge who neither feared God nor cared about men and. She's looking for justice and, mm-hmm. you know, not getting it. And he, he doesn't seem to care. And, you know, the uh, the call to persistence in prayer, that's, I don't know about you, Angela. It's one of those things where I, I don't think I'm in that persistent category. I wouldn't put myself either there either. And I don't know if it's my Minnesota upbringing that persistence feels rude. Oh, maybe. And okay. I don't want to be yeah. rude to the Lord. Um, but that that he doesn't receive it that way, that yeah. that, I mean, that's relationship with him. He wants us to come back over and over again and, and to, to lay out our, our, our Thanksgiving and our, our requests. In the, just reading this chapter, Luke 18, I, I picked up a copy of my book from Eugene Peterson called Tell It Slant, which is taking some of the prayers and the stories out of Luke's gospel and fan of Eugene Peterson anyway, but he talks about, you know, the persistence in prayer question, how to persevere in prayer. And he says, the remarkable thing about prayer is not that so many people pray, but that some of us keep at it. Why do we keep praying when we have so little to show for it? And goes on to you know, talk about, because at the end of that parable, Jesus you know, is basically saying, look, I am not like this, this judge at all. I mean, uh, I'm going to bring justice. It's going to come quickly. But then he ends with the question, you know, will will the Son of Man find men and women who are still praying, who haven't given up and lost heart? And I think that's a big tension for us, isn't it? I mean, I, 
I, you know, maybe you say it's part of that just being nice, don't want to bother God. Mm-hmm. But I, I always think too, well, you know, God's sovereign, everything's in control, he's going to accomplish his purposes. So, you know, do I really need to, I mean, how many times do I need to ask or mm-hmm. persist? I also think sometimes I kind of maybe take the cynical side of that of, well, God's going to do what he wants to do anyway. Yeah. So why should I even ask? Because he's going to do what he wants yeah. to do anyway, which is a condition of my heart <laughs> that well, I need sure. to deal with. Yeah. But I think when you when you pray and you pray persistently and so so I lost my mom to uterine cancer and we prayed for God to heal her and we prayed for God to heal her and he did not heal her. That really rocked my world. It skewed my view of him. It skewed my view of prayer for a long time. But to, to get to the point where, and there was a lot, of, like, and is he good? Like, that just raised yeah. a lot of questions. But to to stay in relationship with him and for that prayer to turn to a cry of, Lord, I want to understand you. Do you know what I mean? Like, not letting that heartache and that... Um, what ended up really being my misunderstanding of who he is that could have like dragged me away from him. But that prayer of Lord, I don't want to go like, I I still want to be a good seed planted in good soil. I don't want this weed of the world to choke me out. Um, And so then the, I guess the persistent prayer was still there, but it turned from not a, not a do this thing, but help me to stay here with you in this relationship. To understand the silences of God, I mean, that's the big that's the big dilemma for people, isn't it? I mean, the believers or you know unbelievers alike. You know, why does yeah. a God allow you know suffering and pain? And I was thinking, Alistair Begg has that great statement: the delays of God are always purposeful. Mm-hmm. And Eugene Peterson goes on to talk about you know we have the good thing is that we have the Psalms to guide us, which is our prayer book, and. You know, the Psalms are just filled with, you know, uh, Psalm after Psalm. Why, why, why? You know, how long, how long, how long? Why, why, why? So, you know, we we understand that through it all that, you know, God is at work. And I mean, the bottom line is that we don't lose heart because we know what God is like. He's good. He rescues us. He's a welcoming God. He's involved in our lives. He's not complacent, calloused, or indifferent, which is, you know, I, I think even as you get to the end of the chapter— where you get the blind beggar who is, you know, on the side of the road, and they're saying, you know, quiet, and he's, you know, he's not letting up. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, mm-hmm. son of David, you know, he won't let up. And and Jesus says, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately received a sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when the people saw it, they also praised God. And I think that uh, should be the bottom line out of our reading of this chapter is that no matter what circumstances we go through, we know that God is good, that he isn't callous and indifferent, and that we praise God you know, through it all. Because even partway through this chapter, the, the little children are coming. And I was thinking, well, children are have that same sort of persistence, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they ask, you know, why, why, why? And Mom, can I, can Mom, I, can I? Mom, yeah, Mom, right, sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Some people are just going, yes, that's exactly <laughs> where I'm at, you know. But And Jesus said, no, those, the, let those come too. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's, who, that's who I am. I love when, when my children come to me. And uh, cry out in an uh, honest faith. And I, I think too, what what is a good coupling with that persistent prayer is, which I was just talking about how I, I didn't have because I was so upset with him. Is that is the humility that we see at the end of verse fourteen? 
Um, in the study guide, I had people write it out. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. To go to the Lord in in humility and to be persistent. And I, I often think of, of the prayer of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego outside, outside of the furnace where they could feel the heat, yeah. that they knew that God and proclaimed that God could save them, but even if. And that, that, that has always stayed with me, to, to be persistent, to, to stay humble, and to say, even if, Lord. Yeah. Like, can we get to a place where we can say, even if you don't do this thing that I'm asking you to do, I'm still here. I'm still in this. I think it's interesting that verse 14, uh, you know, Jesus had said that uh, already in, um, in chapter 14. So Jesus repeats himself. Mm-hmm. And we think, well, in the same gospel, it's like, well, that's probably because it's pretty important. Right. That's a fundamental truth, you know, that you, uh, you humble yourself. God is the one who exalts you. And uh, we have to humble ourselves. Of course, that was the problem with the, the Pharisee, right, who mm-hmm. uh, thought, you know, I'm not like other people. I'm a pretty good guy. I mean, he wasn't – he was in church but wasn't actually praying. Right. You know, he was just saying words. And you know, I guess I – when I think about that, even the rich ruler who thought that he had kept all the commandments and, you know, it turns out he hadn't. And I think how easy it is for all of us to to become, slip into Phariseeism, mm-hmm. you know, not realizing what we're, you know, that we get comfortable in our setting and think we're doing the right job. And through it all, I mean, the bottom line is that, you know, we have to say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. So probably I think Michael Card calls that. In his commentary on Luke says, that's the perfect prayer. Mm. Those, uh, those seven words. You know, if you ever wonder what to pray, you, know, you, you can never go wrong with those seven words. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Mm. I, his commentary, just side note, his commentary on the amazing, the gospel of amazement. Gospel of amazement, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. fantastic. I love the imaginative way that he approaches the scripture. Yeah. Too. And, yeah. Yeah, just... And, you know, how many times have we perhaps read the Gospel of Luke, certainly maybe around Christmas season, we're reading the first few chapters, but then to just go further in and further in. And and interesting that, you know, this section is, we're just about wrapping up, but there are 10, 10 chapters that Luke spends on getting from Galilee to Jerusalem. You know, the other Gospels use a, a chapter or two, and, and Luke just uh, takes a long time as we're on the road to Jerusalem and and hearing all these amazing stories and eyewitness accounts and to really get a sense of you know what God is like i mean that's the that's the bottom line i mean hopefully at the end of every chapter we're understanding this is who God is like right something else i thought that was really interesting at the end of the chapter in verse 34 he talks about how these things were hidden from them that the son of man was going to i'm trying to get back to that that the son of man was going to suffer yeah, on the way to Jerusalem, yeah, and he's going to be, he'll be flogged, he'll be handed over to the Gentiles, mocked and insulted and flogged, and they're going to kill him, So, and they didn't understand it. Yeah, because the significance of his words were hidden from them, and they failed to grasp what he was talking about. And I think it's interesting because we, we see this when Jesus goes into Jerusalem, that he, when he weeps over Jerusalem, that the, the the peace is no longer, their eyes have been shut to it. So I just kind of that, oh, I'm just realizing something as I'm talking, um, the, the timing of God, that, that they're, they're, this was hidden from them because the time wasn't right. 
And going into Jerusalem, they had had time before and hadn't hadn't uh, like embraced him as the Messiah, didn't understand who he was. Sorry, which then goes back to persistent prayer and the timing of God. We need to be persistent because we don't know what God's timing is. And so we just need to continue to humble ourselves and be persistent. Yeah. That was just a little aha moment yeah. for me. <laughs> well, and I think it, it, you make a good point that because it comes back again to if we have a clear understanding of who God is, this is what God is like. You know, he's not like the unjust judge. Uh, you know, he's not like, you know, the Pharisee and he's, he, you know, he responds to the humble. So we just humbly keep coming and praying and say, I, I don't understand this, Lord, I'm you know, I'm I'm waiting. I'm saying how long. I'm saying why. But I know ultimately that you're good and that you're involved in my life and you're at work even now. And so I'm going to continue to trust you. And that's really what the, you know, it's it's a story about faith in every chapter, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus is honored by our faith. Is there anything else from chapter 18 that stuck out to you that you want to Not make a sure thing. we talk about? No, I just, no. no. no it was, <laughs> you know, it was just, I, I guess I, I thought about that, you know, just the, again, the persistence factor that kind of seems to run through this chapter from you know, beginning to end. And that as we get to know God, we realize that, you know, he wants us to humbly call unto him. There's a, a great verse in Psalm 50, verse 15, where God says, call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me. And I just think that's, you know, Jesus say, you know, call on me when you've got trouble. So I'm going to deliver you because that's the kind of God that I am, and you'll honor me. And that's, you know, it's not it's not about honoring ourselves, it's about honoring God. So. And he's with us. Yes. That he's always with us during that yeah. that whole process. So the even if things don't end up looking like what we thought, the hope in the midst of all of that is that we have God with us. The uh, Gospel of Luke just builds uh, more and more hope as you go all the way through it, you know, and the to uh, realize what Christ has done for us is, and we uh, we talk about humbling. Yeah, can easily say, "Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner." Mm-hmm. So. Well, thank you, Neil, for coming back and joining me for another chapter. This was wonderful. It's uh, it's a a a uh, exercise well worth doing to spend time reading God's word. So, thanks for uh, for helping us dig into it a little bit more. Well, thank you for joining us for going through Luke chapter eighteen. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll see you next time for Luke chapter 19. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at myfaithradio.com. 